I'm giving Justin Fields a C plus. He was above average, but not by much. And I'm sorry, I can't give a quarterback a B, let alone A, if the passing game is averaging 129 yards passing a game. It's unacceptable in today's NFL. Hi, you're now listening to the Bare Minimum Podcast with Clay Harbor and Marshall Harris. Over the middle to Harbor, touchdown! We're going to be talking all things Bears all the time. We'll have interviews and commentary from your favorite players and beat writers from the city of Chicago. If you love the Chicago Bears and you love the NFL, you're in the right place. And this podcast is sponsored by Joy District Chicago. Come experience the three floors of Joy District. The first floor, Parlay at Joy, the ultra-modern sports bar. The second floor, the Club at Joy, the hottest dance club in the city. And the third floor, the Roof at Joy, the rooftop bar with great views of Chicago. Joy District is open Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m., and Sunday from 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. We will see you at Joy District. Hello and welcome into the Week 18 Preview Edition of the Bare Minimum Podcast along with former NFL tight end Clay Harbor. I'm Marshall Harris here to try to say some positive things about the Bears as they look to avoid a 10-game losing streak to end the season. Mm. They started out 2-1, and one, guys. They started out 2-1, Clay. They have lost. Mm. They have lost 12 of 13 games since then. And, and, and it's kind of amazing that we're, we're to this point and we know they have no reasonable chance of winning in eight, Week 18 for two reasons. Number one, no Justin Fields out with a hip strain. His season is over. Number two, playing against a Vikings team that's 12-4. and four. They've won the division, and they've got to get their act together heading into the playoffs. They're coming off an embarrassing loss to the Green Bay Packers. You add those two things up, Clay, and you have probably another beatdown at Soldier Field. No, it's not going to be pretty. You know, and obviously we're going to get to that, and I think that I mean, the Vikings are still playing for seeding purposes, and they're, they're still going to be playing their starters. And, you know, I think they'll probably have a chance to have these guys out by halftime. The Bears are resting Justin Fields. That was some big news. Fields is done for the season. Uh, Tevin Jenkins done for the season. Several other key players are out for the rest of the season. When I say the season, I mean, that's just one more game. But, uh, I mean – it's going to be a tough one for the Bears. And uh, I thought, hey, the season's over. You know what? I'm in business school. I'm getting my master's degree. I'm getting grades right now, feedback from my professor. I'm getting feedback after every single project, everything. But this season is basically over for the Bears. So I want us to go through and grade each position group for the Bears and talk about if we see that as a need or not going into the offseason. Yeah, I mean, we can do this. It's going to be an exercise in futility, in my opinion, just because the need or not part specifically, it's probably going to be a need in almost every position. Uh, (laughs) No, no, seriously, like, think about it. Like, they need to win more than three games next season. And to do that, they've got to upgrade pretty much everywhere. Um, And even if they don't upgrade the personnel, the play still has to be upgraded from whoever is in that position. If you say you don't need new players, you still need the players who are there to play better. So let's, let's, let's start this party off. Quarterback position, Clay. Justin Fields is your starter. What's the grade you're giving him? Yeah. You know, I'm giving Justin Fields a B 
B B minus, not a B a B B minus. Okay, he he did a lot of good things. Running the ball, incredible. You know, he never ran the ball like that at Ohio State. This is a whole new side of him. He was known for throwing the rock. He was a guy that could sling the rock, but he needs to get better at passing the football. I still think he's a B, which is an above average grade, but he really hasn't shown the ability to go down the field throwing the football like you need to do in that in, in this league. On the other side of that, how do you judge a man for for not throwing the ball well when he's throwing the ball to Dante Pettis, Byron Pringle, Velas Jones, and Inkill Harry? You know, this guy's got no weapons, an offensive line that was shaky at times, and, you know, he's getting used to this offense, his first full season as a starter. So I don't want to hold that against him, but I did see him miss a number of throws this year. I watched the tape, the all 22 every week, and even though there were times that all these guys were open and he missed them, he did make some good plays, some good passes. That's why I'm not giving him an A or a B plus because he still has to improve. I think he can in his pass game. He's got to improve in his fundamentals, and he's got to be better at that. Obviously, he can do all the things, the explosive things, but he does. He's the worst in the league at getting the ball out quickly. There are some plays where he should step up and he doesn't. There are some plays where he's holding on to the ball too long. I like Justin Fields. I think he will get better, but he is not an A yet. He's not a B plus. He is a mid-level B teetering on B, B minus just because of the passing grade. Obviously we see that he's carrying the team in the run game, but I still need him to take another step, but I think he will next season when you get some weapons around him you saw like a guy like Jalen Hurts they were saying the same thing about him you got to give Fields this next year put some weapons around him some receivers get some some better offensive linemen and and then you know then we can judge him more strictly if your quarterback if you've won three games most of the time your quarterback's not going to get a B but because of the situation Fields in I will give him a B Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you're grading on a curve over there. I'm not grading on a curve because sometimes, Clay, and we all have had it, you're in school right now, you, you understand this. Sometimes the class is just really hard, and you're okay to just get out of there with a C, you know? Uh, I'm giving Justin Fields a C plus. He was above average, but not by much. And I'm sorry, I can't give a quarterback a B, let alone an A, if – the passing game is averaging 129 yards passing a game. It's unacceptable in today's NFL. Spare me the reasons, the excuses, the, the pass defense, the receiving group. I get it, but I just can't, I can't give you better than that. You're C+. Plus. You're above average, but not by much. That's fair. That's fair with those, with those numbers, those passing yards. I see what you're saying, but obviously I think you, know, you, you do got to look at some of the, the plays that this guy had that just didn't go his way because of the people around him, but that's fair. You give him a C plus, I give him a B B minus. I think that's fair for Justin Fields. I think we'll have people on both sides. Some saying, "Hey, this guy had 129 passing yards a game. They won three games this year." Uh, and then you'll have some people on the other side say, "Hey, look who he was playing with. That's why he didn't have. He should have an A plus for the team." He's end of the day. It's end of the day. Results are the results. As my my tight end coach always say, "It's results oriented business, baby. It's results oriented business. You got to give me some results." We didn't right, get so the results we, this year. We, 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 we're, we're, we're on the same page, maybe in different parts of the page, but we're on the same page with the quarterback position. Let's go to running backs. Let's hit these skill positions real quick. Uh, running backs, I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to give the running backs a B. You know, uh, 
here's why a B and not an A, because you might think, well, they average 181 yards a game rushing. Well, that's including Justin Fields, who makes that three-headed monster so dynamic. Um, but Khalil Herbert, uh, he was very good in his yards per carry. Uh, you look at what David Montgomery did, he was adequate. Um, the problem with this group is like they didn't score that many touchdowns on the ground when they got into the red zone, uh, banging it in. So I'm going to give uh, the running game um, 17 rush, rushing touchdowns in total. Justin Fields had a lot of those. I'm going to give them a B. Okay, I, I think that's fair, and I'll I'll go with a B as well. Um, B plus maybe because the run. Are we talking running backs here? Running I back. think B. B, B plus. Khalil Herbert led the league in yards per carry this year. Do you know that? Yeah. I, I just Khalil said Herbert his yards per carry, impressive. 5.7 yards per carry. When a guy touches the ball, no one had more yards per carry in the entire NFL than Khalil Herbert. I think this was a groundbreaking year for him. He came on the scene and showed that he could run the ball. He, When he was healthy, he hit a lot of carries. He, he got 700 or 681 yards this year. He only had four touchdowns, but when he got the ball, he showed that he's an explosive runner, and he's a guy that can be counted on. I love Khalil Herbert, and this gives the Bears a little bit of insurance, right? Because everybody's saying they got to bring in a new running back, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders. I'm a big Miles Sanders fan. You won't have to pay for him what you paid for Saquon. Miles Sanders is averaging over five a pop, 10 touchdowns, uh, over 1,000 yards this year. Miles Sanders is, is, is a beast. Saquon Barkley, another free agent. Those are two free agents. I think the Giants probably re-sign Saquon. But if they don't, they'll both be on the open market. I don't think the Eagles have enough money. They have too many free agents to try to re-sign Miles Sanders, and they're kind of deep at that, that uh, running back position. But that being said, David Montgomery had a tough year. He ran some tough uh, four yards of carry, 780 yards, uh, five touchdowns. Um, I, think, I think David Montgomery had a solid year too. So overall with the running backs, I give him a B. Won't go open to A because Khalil Herbert had some some big whiffs on pass protection. Pass protection is a side of the running back position that a lot of people don't think about. But they have to be able to protect. It's part of your job. If you can't pass protect and you're in the game, they are going to get you in situations to where you're lined up blocking defensive backs or linebackers one-on-one so they can get pressure on the quarterback. These defensive coordinators know how to do that, and they will – and they will alienate you, so you have to go one-on-one with this linebacker. And if you can't pass protect, it really makes your value go down as a runner. So Khalil Herbert's got to get better at that. But overall, I will give the running back position to be on, on a side note. I think uh, Darrington Evans is okay. Um, I think uh, Tristan Ebner is not the guy. I don't see him on this roster next year. I know he's only a rookie, but he just he didn't show me absolutely anything this year. So I'll expect more from him uh, moving forward. Okay, it'll be interesting to see if they do keep uh, David Montgomery for next season. That's that's the big question I have going into the offseason. Let's move on, Clay, to that other skill position group, wide receivers, mm. where it, things look to be wide open in 2023. Uh, they, they, they need some help. Uh, we talk about is it a need. This is clearly a need. This falls under that need category. Um, the group itself, I'm going to give them a D, straight up. Uh, they just – they didn't do a good enough job of getting open in the time required and making big plays. Rarely, if you're averaging 129 yards rushing in the passing game, that means no one's going off. No one went off as a receiver all season long. I mean, I'm tempted to give them an F. In fact, you know what? Just talking out loud, D minus. D minus. 
right. All right. I think I think you're not far off there, and I I'll give him a D minus as well. Just just a little bit above an F. I I know in my my Twitter poll I, I posted my grades. I gave him an F. But thinking about it now, I mean, Mooney got injured, and I think that would have helped him. You bring in Claypool. Claypool got injured, and I think these are some things that you really couldn't help. Byron Pringle got injured. You know, you couldn't help that. If you have all these guys healthy, you know, maybe it's a different story. Velas Jones ended up being, in my opinion, I'm sorry. I know some people still like the guy, but I don't see him being a, a big-time player on this receiving core. He could be a special teams guy. He could turn into a kick returner, but they don't even like him as a punt returner, as you saw them putting um, – who'd they move back there? Tristan Ebner back there at the punt returner uh, last week. So, overall, I'll give them a D. I think you got Mooney coming back, Claypool coming back. You just signed Equinemia St. Brown again. So, those are three guys that are coming back. As far as Pettis, Pettis is gone. I'm sorry. I think Pettis, admirable. He played this year. You know, he took some shots, whatever, but Pettis isn't your guy. You don't want Pettis getting meaningful snaps on your team if you're a healthy football team. Byron Pringle's under contract. Pringle's probably coming back. Um, and Kill Harry, I don't see him coming back. Bayless Jones coming back, obviously, because he's a rookie third-round pick under contract. But I think they need one big-time receiver can change around this wide receiver group, and they can bring them from a weakness to a strength. Because if you move, you move Claypool and Mooney back to a two and a three, and you have a big-time one, which I don't know. I mean, they probably have to do a trade for that because there's nobody on free agency. That you have so many holes in the draft. So if you can pull off a trade somewhere and land a big-time number one receiver, then I think you got a good receiving core. But the problem is they gave up a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, who's probably going to be the 32nd pick in the draft. The 32nd, that's dang near a first-round pick for Chase Claypool. So I know what Paul has to try to do. All I'm hearing is Chase Claypool has to live up to that hype. He's got one year under contract now. He did nothing for you this year. So you're trading that second-round pick, which is a guy you can have under contract for four years now for one year of Chase Claypool. Overall value, that just doesn't seem like a valuable pick to me, a valuable trade. You're giving up a four-year player now. You didn't get anything from Chase Claypool this year. Now you're, you're expecting him to give you value in one season. So that's what you made the trade for. So we'll see what happens. So clearly you're upset. <laughs> clearly you think they, they, they need more, which is this is it's fair. I'm going to try to move us on to a position group, maybe a little bit more of a bright spot, okay? Tight ends. What grade are you giving the tight ends? Uh, do you, I'll let you go first, and then I'll, I'll respond. You know, I'll get, I think Cole Komet did some good things this year. I, you know, I, I wanted more from him in the passing game. Obviously, there's not much to go around the passing game. He did have six touchdowns. I'll give, I'll give the tight end group a, a B-. minus. Um, I thought Cole Komet did a good job of blocking, at, mostly at times. I thought that he, you know, he caught the balls when they came to him, but... What I did notice this year and is Cole Komet is never going to be a game-breaking tight end. He's going to be a solid guy. He can block. You can run the ball to him. You can run the ball away from him. I respect that. He's never going to be a threat-in-the-middle-of-the-field type guy. So Komet is you're going to have to bring in somebody, maybe, maybe make a play for Evan Ingram, Jacksonville Jaguars, guy that had a big year this year. I don't think the Jags are going to be able to sign him. 
somebody that you can run, you can move, you can do that little H-back with, because Komet is a good wide tight end. He can catch the football, but he is not going to beat anybody one-on-one. He'll big body some guys, but overall, I think he is limited at what he can do athletically, and that's that's a position that maybe they could try to do something with in free agency this year. We're waiting for his big breakout season. I guess this is what, for him, qualifies as a breakout season. I mean, he had like a patch of games where he played really, really well, but I I just don't know if that's enough, you know? Um, He had six touchdowns. Uh, Five of those six touchdowns came in a three-week span. Uh, 46 catches, 487 yards. These aren't groundbreaking numbers, but they're adequate numbers for a tight end. I'm going to give the tight ends... Uh, a B minus. That's what I'm gonna give about T- tight ends, and, that, and that's fair. Okay, you take the good, you take the bad, you add them up, and then you have the facts of life, or you have this grading system that we're using. Offensive line. Do you want? Do you want me to start? Or do you, oh, no, or do you I'll start. start us off start. here, Marshall. It, All right, you start. It's an, us off. F. it's an F. It's an F. It's an F. No, no. I don't even need to explain myself. You know what? You look at who's taking the most sacks this season. What team is taking the most sacks this season? You look at the passing game, the running game, the lack of offense, the lack of points. If you took Justin Fields out of the, off this team, how many points a game would these Bears score? Wait, we're going to find out on Sunday when Nathan Peterman's at the helm. I think that's a little unfair. Okay, when this offensive line is healthy, I don't think they're that bad. I'm giving the offensive line a C. I think they're satisfactory. They're passing great. C is for satisfactory. They were one of the best run-blocking offensive lines in the league. They opened holes. I watched the film. Tevin Jenkins came on. Uh, Braxton Jones did some really good things this year. Cody Whitehair, when he was healthy, was okay. Lucas Patrick didn't do what we wanted him to do. You had to sub in Sam Mustafer. Okay? And, and that was tough. We weren't planning on having Lucas Patrick at a guard to start the season and Sam Mustafer as the center. And then from there, obviously, Larry Borum at the right tackle. And uh, you got Riley Reef, Michael Schofield, you know, filling in at the, uh, at the other, other guard. But overall, if this unit is healthy, they're not that bad. I think the offensive line stats, yes, they, they gave up a bunch of sacks. But when you look at some of the sacks they gave up, I feel like a lot of them weren't on them. Last game in particular, seven sacks. I, I went back and counted and made a cut-up. Five of those sacks shouldn't have been sacks. Sure, weren't on the offensive line. I know they were still sacks, but literally five of them. You know, I think the offensive line wasn't great at pass pro, really good at run blocking. They're not great at pass pro, but they weren't as bad as people think. They, they were a mid-level offensive line. They got to get better there. They, they still need one to two more pieces. Braxton Jones got to get more stout. But overall, I am giving the offensive line a C. You can't just take that statistic and just say that's why they're bad. Let me ask you, you a know, question. I, Let me ask you a question. Yeah, yeah. As a former blocker, tight end, what's easier to do, blocking for the run or blocking for the pass? I like run blocking. I, I think every lineman would tell you they like run blocking, correct? Over pass protection? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you, what's more important in the NFL, pass protection or run blocking? Obviously pass pro. Okay, so like everything you just said, I get it. 
And if you want me to move up my grade to a D minus for you, I will because I know you take that personally when I talk Here's about the O line because you love the It's O-line. not a typical. It's not a typical offense. Justin Fields does some great things, but Justin Fields also has some things he doesn't do so great. And one of those things is holding on to the ball and not getting the ball out. I've watched some of these offensive lines throughout the year, and I go in, with the Chicago Bears. That play was a sack. The guy, you know, the, the quarterback just got it out quick. He saw his hot read. Hot read, able to move his blocker over. You know, I go, that plays a sack for the Bears. I go, that plays a sack for the Bears. That plays a sack for the Bears. A lot of these quarterbacks are able to do other things to where they're not taking these sacks. I'm not putting it all in fields. I'm not putting it all in the offensive line. I think there's a little give and take there. I think the line is responsible for a good amount of them. I think Justin Fields is actually responsible for some too. Overall, I'm not saying they're great. <clears throat> saying they're good run blocking offensive line. Got to get better in the pass, pro. I give them a C. Not a C minus, just a straight C. Straight C. You know what? You're real optimistic, and I like that about you, Clay. Sometimes, though, I need to hit you with a, a dose of reality. And that's why the next group is going to be the defensive line. What grade do you give them, Clay? I mean, I think we can all agree that the defensive line, man, this D-line, they're getting an F, but I, I feel like they should get even worse than an F. And you can't hold it against them. I mean, you had Cleo Mack, you had Robert Quinn, and both these guys are gone. And you're going into the seat, you're trying to get Travis Gibson, Dominique Rodgers, you got Al-Quadine Muhammad. Like, these guys just aren't, aren't players that should be starting on your team. You go inside, you know, Angelo Blackson, Justin Jones had a couple of plays here or there. I mean, there, there's not much, you know, good that you could say about this defensive line. Mike Pennell Jr., um, I mean, it just, it just wasn't good. And an F. And that, that, that'd be the biggest need on the team, correct? Biggest need. You got The number one thing you need in this offseason, you got to get some defensive linemen. And that's why I say you go for Javon Hargraves from the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, there's some players out there. And then you also draft whichever player you don't get in free agency. In free agency, you go after a big D tackle and big D end. Whichever one you get, you draft the other. You draft Jalen Carter. You draft Will Anderson. Whichever one you get. And guess what? Now your defensive line has shifted from, from weakness to a strength in just one offseason. So that's what I think the Bears should do. All right. Well, at least you have a plan. Let's see if Ryan Poles has a plan to handle some of these deficits. Let's go back, let's go back one level. Linebacking core, Clay. Linebacking core. You know what I'm going to say about my linebackers, baby. You know what I'm going to say. No, I really don't. You know what I'm going to say. But I'm curious. My, my man, Jack Sanborn, gets an A. Jack Sanborn gets an A, but the linebacking core as a, as a unit, I mean, I can't give him over a C. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, I think he had an opportunity to show what he could do with Sanborn out when Roquan Smith got traded. I don't think he did a great job there. I was, uh, you know, Thomas. I, I liked what, what Thomas was able to do when, um, when he got an opportunity. And Adams, I think they, they're guys that can play special teams. But Nicholas Morrow, not the guy. You got, I think you got to bring in two more linebackers with Sanborn. So I'll give him a C. I, I think Sanborn showed that he can be a starting middle linebacker and get the job done in, the, in, this, in this league. And I think that's huge to have a guy like that step up that's why I'm giving him a C. But besides that, I think you need two more linebackers. I'll, I'll give the linebacking core a C-. Um, they were below average, but 
what are you going to do? Like you said, you make trades. Uh, guys are moved around. Roquan Smith no longer there. Jack Sanborn wasn't bad. Um, some would say he was great. Hall of Fame level. I'm not one of those people. But uh, he definitely showed upside and enough that thinking for a rookie linebacker, if he continues to get better, okay, I can see why he might have a future uh, with the Bears or an NFL team in general. Uh, they, they, they need more guys, though, like you said. They need to bring in a couple. They, they need uh, probably two starters. Uh, I, 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 I just think Matt Eberflus is a good defensive coordinator. I don't know if he's a good head coach. We'll get to him in a minute. But I, I'm curious to see what happens with Allen Williams and, and, and the defense at large. Now, as bad as we've been about the defensive line, here's where my one bright spot is. The secondary. The secondary I like. Before Eddie Jackson got hurt, the development over time with the DBs, it's an up-and-down thing when you're dealing with rookie DBs. Um, it's still a need, though. I think they, if they can go out and get like a, a, a great cornerback, they, they'll be set and ready to do big things. I'm going to give the secondary, Clay, a B-. minus. Yeah, I think that's fair. When Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson were healthy, I think they had big comeback years. Jalen Johnson had some tough matchups. He did a decent job on Eddie Jackson. Was having a Pro Bowl caliber year before he got hurt. I think Jaquan Brisker, you know, he started fast, faded a little bit later, but he showed that he can be a guy. He can be a starter in this league and be very successful. Uh, Kendall Vildor showed that he can play in this league. Jalen Jones was an undrafted free agent. He showed that he can play in this league. Uh, Kyler Gordon, you know, he had a bunch of ups and downs, and he's going to have to do some improving. But I think at times that he, he even showed that he could play in this league. And I know I've been one of the guys that have been very critical of Kyler Gordon, his cover skills. But I think he's a, he's a phenomenal tackler for a cornerback, and he can, he can really help in zone coverage in the run game. I think he's a liability if you get him in man coverage on anyone. I've seen multiple receivers just torch Kyler Gordon. I mean, I, I'm looking out there. I'm like, man, I, I could run around on this guy. Give me some cleats. I mean, 36 years old and all, man. I mean, give me, give me a helmet. I'm going to go out there and get open. So, you know, I like Kyler Gordon, but he's got some improving to do this offseason. And it's a rookie year. The biggest improvement for guys comes from their first year to their second year. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They don't know what to expect. And now I think these guys take another step up. And I think that this defensive backs unit will be a strength next year. And that's why with Ryan Poles, some people are giving him, you know, giving him, you know, D, C, F grades. But I'm like, hey, you get a defensive line going. I think that he took care of this defensive back unit. This is one of the worst units of defensive backs in the league. And now you get a good defensive line. This defensive back unit can really turn into a strength for the Bears. So I give them a C plus. I think that they, they did a decent job, and I saw a lot of improvement from last season for the defensive backs. Okay, overall, we seem like we're on the same page with these ratings and everything else. Uh, I, one, more, one more thing to, to grade, and that is the coach and the coaching staff, Matt Eberflus. I'm up in the air on this. Like The team is 3-13, and 13, probably on their way to 3-14, and 14, barring some miracle comeback. But they weren't designed to win. So it's tough for me to, like, give him a bad grade. I'm just going to give him a flat C. Because with the exception of the last game that they played, the team played hard. They made mistakes, whatever, but it wasn't like they were out of games. So I'm going to give him a C. I can't give him above that because you won three games. Yeah. 
this team was was three and four, man. And I mean, you you obviously didn't give him the uh, the players that he needed. He didn't have the roster built out to win games. But man, you literally lost ten straight games. Like, I mean, this this is a franchise record of losses. I like Iberflus. I think he can be a good coach, but it's hard to give him anything above a C when you lose that many straight games. And these are games that you're in. These are close games that you can't figure out how to close out and win down the stretch. For that reason, I can't give him above a C. With with this record, with this team, obviously he doesn't have the players, the roster, but I'm with you, Marshall. I'm giving Iberflus a C. And then give me your uh, give me your grades on on Luke Getze and Allen Williams to close out our grades for the Bears season. I, I'll give Lee, I'll give Luke Getze and Allen Williams C's. I guess maybe C minuses. They just didn't do enough. Like they didn't have the parts though, so it's hard to. It's the same situation. Yeah. yeah. At one point, I would have given Luke Getze like an A minus when we came back after that pseudo bye week, and he switched around this offense. And you see Justin Fields; he's moving them, he's using his legs, he's throwing the ball, he's doing some play action, he's getting some some running backs on the move here. I would have given him, but he he seemed like as the season went on that he kind of regressed in his play play calling duties. And I know it's his first season as well. So let me ask you this. Do you want to see Getsy and Allen Williams both back next season as the Bears offensive? Oh, absolutely. They got you can't you can't give them a year like this and say you're gone. No, 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 no. <laughs> the Bears scored enough points, as you mentioned, when Getsy changed things up until Justin Fields got hurt. Um, and then Williams, I, I need to see him with a full complement of defensive players. Uh, look, injuries are part of the NFL, so you're probably never gonna have all your guys intact. But what happened to him? It's no, no. They, they, they yeah. they're definitely back. Yeah, they really gave him a a stack deck against him, man. But you know, he start at one point, man. I'm like, dude, Getsy's gonna get some head coaching looks. Like this guy really just came on and like he started creating some great plays. Was was calling great, and he. I feel like he regressed. Allen Williams, I don't know. He can't play man. He can't play zone when he blitzes. He, the blitz isn't getting there. His defensive backs were getting picked apart. I felt for him because he tried a bunch of different things. You'd see in the middle of games. Yeah, like, they, he's they just try to make trying whatever he can. But when, you're, when your personnel's not that good, there's only so much you, you can do. You can't do anything. It doesn't matter what you do in those situations, man. It's tough. It's hard. Listen, it's time for halftime. We're going to make it a quick one. Uh, but before we, we talk about – actually, no, let me, let me tell it halftime. So usually Clay will share some – some stories from his uh, pursuit of happiness, we'll call it, uh, as he tries to figure things out on the dating scene. I, I had a, a friend of mine ask me a pretty interesting question. Um, if a woman is asked by a man to do things and, and he like, hey, do you want to get together? She says yes, but they can't work it out like the first two times she says no. Is it up to man to keep asking or should the woman then come back with an alternative plan that does work for her when you've asked a couple of times? I'm bad at this, man. I think this is one of the reasons I've struggled in the, in the dating world is because I'm, I'm very prideful in that. I'm like, dude, I'm never going to be the guy that's like begging a girl to like go out with you. And then you hear these stories and it's like, yeah, you know, like he just kept after it. And like some like husband and wives, they've been married. And he just kept and then finally went on a date and ended up being... So I'm stuck. I'm a guy that's like, hey, like, I want to go out with you. Like, let's do this. And if it doesn't really work out that first time, then I'm kind of like, all right, 
I'm I'm out and in the set and like I'll delete the number. Like Whoa, I'm like okay, this is this is done. Like just I'm not gonna keep trying to like go back and like whatever. So for me, I'm a guy that only tries once. I'm not a guy that's gonna repetitive repetitively try. But I have buddies that will just keep on trying, going back. It's like bro, take a hint. I've never been a guy to double text, try multiple times, and I think that's a problem. Because, I mean, sometimes I think you do really need to put yourself out there a couple of times. I think that's how the world's going. There's so many options for these. I got girlfriends that will show me like their DMs and messages. And there's so many guys that are just so thirsty and forward and just always hitting up these girls. And for me, it's like, dude, I, I don't need to do that. And I will never do that. I'm a valuable man in my own right. And if you don't want to go now... Like you let me know when you want to. So yeah. So so what you're saying is yes, a woman if she doesn't if she can't make herself available when you ask her to do something, if she doesn't come back with another alternative plan, you're out. But if she does come back with an alternative plan, you'll consider that then. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like let's come back an alternative plan. I'll do it. But it's not like I'm gonna keep like say I, I try like hey like she wants to do something like hey like are you free this weekend? Yes something happens i'm not gonna like come back the next weekend and like try again congratulations clay on not being pressed um i think a lot of people are pressed and no one should be pressed about anybody like if it works it works i think the biggest thing that determines the validity of a lot of uh whether relationships happen or not is just timing it's just timing and you know what if the timing's off and it's not aligned that's okay but don't think that people are just gonna keep running up on you this is men and women you gotta both Give a little, in my opinion. But hey, that's just coming from a guy who's not out here in these streets like you guys are out here in these streets. Uh, Clay, I haven't been out in the streets in a minute, but I think tonight I'm about to go out and grab some beer. I got a friend coming in town from uh, from Italy. I met when I, I did a little solo trip to Rome. We were at the sound. I met a couple of guys. We ended up being, becoming like really good friends. We went out the whole weekend. Um, they took me to restaurants. It ended up being some really cool dudes. And um, they've come to the States a few times. And the guy's actually, uh, my buddy's actually in New York City tonight. So we're going to go out, grab some beers, catch up. And, um, you know, maybe I'll meet the, uh, the future Mrs. Harbor out there tonight. So not in New, you're in New York, not in Chicago. But if you were in Chicago, where would you take him? You know where I'd take him, Marcel. I mean, there's only one spot that I go, and that is Joy District. You got to come. You got to check out the four floors of Joy. Four floors, I mean three floors. They didn't put up a new floor. But the first floor is my favorite floor because I like going watching the game this week. If you want to watch the Nathan Peterman-led Bears against the Vikings fighting for a playoff spot, that's your prerogative. It's going to be hard to watch. I might have to have a couple beers, so I'll be sitting there at Joy District having a couple beers watching. Second floor, we'll go to the third floor now. Third floor is where you want to take a date, right? If you find that girl, you take her on a date. Beautiful view of the city of Chicago. You take her to the third floor. Marshall's floor is the second floor, though. That's where it goes down. You're getting the bottle service. You're dancing. You're having a great time. Marshall is at the second floor of Joy, dancing, uh, attracting all the ladies. He's got a, a circle of ladies around him, like the old school dancing circle, and there's somebody in the middle. Marshall's that guy that's in the middle of the circle. So you got to check that out. Joy District is the, is the place to be in Chicago. If you're in town, if you want to impress Odd Town's friends, you want to have a night, make sure you check out Joy District. I just want to point out, I'm indeed not the man in the middle of the circle anytime I'm in a club slash bar situation. I'm the guy literally 
they, you might think I'm getting paid by the club to hold up the wall because that's where you'll find me, just leaning up against the wall, holding up the wall. No, I mean, you do a good job. I remember the, 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 the last time, not the last time, but um, two times ago, me and Marshall went out, and uh, we, went, we went out to a uh, bar in West Loop, Chicago. It was just a Saturday. We are watching college football. Ended up being a good scene over there, too, and I ended up meeting this girl that I wish I would have followed up on, and she was, she was a cute – there was two of them, if you remember, that were, were kind of interested – um, the one girl was, was beautiful, um, nurse. And, uh, I don't know what happened. I think I was just traveling too much. We never got together. This goes but, back to uh, what I was just talking about, like timing. Yeah. And that fell through and Marshall ended up, um, Marshall ended up being a great wingman that, that day. I think he, the guy really talked me up and that was really impressive. I'm just but, trying to uh, hold him up for you. Yeah. Right? Hold him up so you can knock him down. Marshall, Marshall earned his wingman stripes that night. Listen, back to the let's quick give them, let's give them, let's give them, yeah, let's give them this preview real quick for the Bears or Vikings. And also, there's, there's gonna not be a lot tough to talk game. about here. Not much, not much to talk about. We want to lose because we want that first pick again. If we literally want to lose the situation. The Texans beat the Colts in Indianapolis on Sunday, and the Bears lose. The Bears will be three and fourteen. The Texans three thirteen and one, a half game ahead of the Bears in the standings, and that means the Bears will have the worst record in all football. And with that, they get the consolation prize, or you could say the ultimate prize, of the number one pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Clay, Nathan Peterman's starting. Let me give you, let me give you a stat on Nathan Peterman. He started four games in his NFL career. Four games. The last one coming in 2018. You got that? Four games, 2018. In those four starts, he had one in which he won. In that game, he threw a touchdown and no interceptions. That's a game he won with the Buffalo Bills. The other three games, no touchdowns, 10 total interceptions over three games. You got that? Hey, man, these coaches think they're slick. Justin Fields has a hip injury. They go, they have a meeting. Okay, how can we make sure we lose this game without, like, trying to tank? You know, hey, Justin's got a sore hip. All right, we'll sit Justin. We'll put Nathan Peterman in. I'm fine with it. I mean, if, if you can't pass up the opportunity for the number one draft pick, that could be a franchise-changing pick. You trade back. Somebody wants to come up and get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. They fall in love with them. They give up their entire draft for it, and you get a team with a bunch of holes. You can't pass it up. You have to lose this game. I'm sorry. You have. How do you lose a game? You play Nathan Peterman. Thank you, Peterman. I know Peterman. I'm confident in my ability to run this offense. Nathan, hey, bro, we need you to lose this game, okay? And to the point of if the Bears get the first-round pick, I don't know if you saw Skip Bayless today on um, Undisputed with Shannon. Skip Bayless is literally trying to make an argument that the Bears draft a quarterback this year and maybe trade Justin Fields for picks. So how do you feel about that? I think Skip is, is just being Skip and stirring up. But he's literally suggesting that Fields hasn't shown him enough to be the guy, and he thinks Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud can be the guy, and that he thinks the Bears should consider drafting a quarterback and trading C.J. Stroud or trading Justin Fields. I mean, is Skip just being Skip, or do you think there's something to this strategy here should polls maybe take some notes. There's a reason his nickname is Mr. Say Less. Listen, the, the idea that they would get rid of Justin Fields after the season he just had is preposterous. Um, 
I just like no, just just no. I'm not going to entertain anything that man has to say. Like, I, how about that? I, it's, it's it's I'm going I'm going to skip over anything he has to say. Is that is that okay, Clay, with you? That that's yeah, ridiculous. We can skip the, we can people skip over people that. say things to get attention. They tweet things to get attention, and we should not be giving them the attention that they crave. Yeah, he didn't deserve this airtime in the bare minimum podcast today. Sorry for, for talking about Skip Bayless here, guys. But the Vikings, you know, the Vikings are the Bears' uh, opponent. Do you think the Vikings are for real? They're, they, have, they have the second-worst defense. They've given up the second-worst yards, and they've given up the second-most points per game. Guess who they're behind? I think you know the answer to that. I think we all do. The Bears. The Bears have given up the most. The Vikings are number two with this defense. I think the, the Vikings are a prime candidate for a one-and-done playoff run uh no no didn't mean to rhyme right there but yeah you're a poet and you didn't even know it i get it look I, i'm gonna tell you like this they're for real in week 18 that's what i can tell you <laughs> it's, after that probably not but they they got they got one week where they're about to get off uh coming off that loss against yeah. the, the packers justin jefferson might have 200 yards receiving he right. can still break the uh, the single season record if he gets like 200 yards, I think. So then there he you can go. Break they're going the to get it to yeah. him. Kirk Cousins is going to get it to him. It's going to be child's play. That's why we're not going to spend. That's why we're we're wrapping up talking about this on the podcast because it's going to be ugly. We yeah. could talk about it on Monday, but it, yeah, I, I just don't see anything good coming out of this game. It's going to be a tough game, and you know you feel for Allen Williams because. Who's going to guard Justin Jefferson? Last time, he was playing some 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 one high safety man to man coverage and, and Justin Jefferson, and you saw Kirk Cousins was surprised, and they're just audible into plays, getting the ball to Jefferson, getting the ball to Jefferson, getting the ball to Jefferson. If they do that, I mean Jefferson might have 250 uh, receiving yards because there's no pass rush linebackers, no second level. Uh, I mean the, the defensive back secondary is depleted right now. You don't got Jalen Johnson to guard a number one. Kendall Vildor's out, so it's going to be a tough one for the Bears. Yeah, that's that's all you really have to say. It's going to be a tough one for the Bears, like it has been all season. Two and one play. I remember the happy times. Yeah. Two and one, all the yeah. optimism in the world. If you had just started one and two and said two and one and lost to the Texans, this would be it. But now you beat the Texans, so now you got to sit here and hope the Texans beat the Colts to get the number one pick. But that's neither here nor there. We're going to talk all about all this coming up. On our next edition, the uh, Week 18 Review Edition of the Bare Minimum Podcast. Until then, for Clay Harbor, Marshall Harris saying, have a great weekend, everyone. And just, I hope your eyes don't bleed watching the Bears on Sunday.